Well, welcome Wolfpack fans to Scott Woods' One Man Wolfpack. I have probably my most exciting guest on. Uh, he oh, was my roommate for three years. He's a gold medalist, started multiple NBA games, and overall one of my best friends and best teammates that I've ever had. Uh, I'd like to welcome CJ Williams to the show. What's going on, Scott? I appreciate you having me, man. It's definitely going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. So I, I was joking with him earlier before we even started recording anything that uh, uh, he's the only guest that I didn't write down one question <laughs> or have anything prepared just because I know that we can sit here and kick it for about 45 minutes and not need anything. So we're going we're gonna to be winging most of this to see how it goes. So we'll, we'll be good. Yeah. But let's first start with what is CJ up to now? I mean, I know what you're doing, and I followed you. So let's let's kind of get out there to Wolfpack Nation. What what's CJ up to now? Um, well, you know, as of now, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on, last season was shut down halfway through. Um, my team, I was playing in the G League up in Long Island, and my team was actually making a playoff push. We had started really bad, and then we kind of picked it up towards the middle, and then at the end, we really hit our stride, and we were making a playoff push, and Crazy enough, we were actually, the day that everything kind of hit the NBA as well as the G League uh, was a, a night before a game for us. We were actually planning to play in Chicago the next day. We had flown there that morning. We were in Chicago and we were, you know, basically we, my team had gone to dinner and we were out at dinner and we had put all our phones aside to just bond as a team and everything. and. Um, Next thing we know, once we finally got our phones back after dinner, we look at our phones and everything is going down. And um, they canceled the Thunder and Jazz game. And then everything kind of happened, went home. So since then, since March, I've been at home in Greensboro, um, just basically, you know, enjoying this time right now with my family. This is the first time during the holidays I've been home since high school. And yeah. it's crazy. I, I say it pretty much almost every day, like, I've never been home this long and it it's fun, but at the same time, you know, I do have my hunger to get back on the court and uh, just kind of waiting to see how things go and, and everything and just hoping that this pandemic ends soon and that we can get back on the court and get back to our normal lives. Yeah. So I talked with you earlier and you said that you, you know, had workouts around four o'clock. What has it done to like the workout schedule? You trying to stay ready for the upcoming season and what to expect? Um, so for a while I was just not with the pandemic, I wasn't comfortable working out. So I actually didn't work out for about five and a half to six months. Hey, me too. Buddy. I, was, I was just at home. I was literally just at home and crazy enough. I lost 15 pounds, not working out. I, I didn't, I don't know how that happened, but I lost 15 pounds, not working out. And then, um, when I finally was comfortable, I decided to start again. And um, I met with a guy and uh, I was training with him. And then he got a coaching job in Serbia with uh, with one of the EuroLeague teams there, Red Star, Belgrade. Mm -hmm. And um, so he left there and then I he kind of linked me with another person and I was able to, you know, start working out with him. So my, prep, my workout schedule is Monday through Friday for an hour in the gym. And then the rest of the time I'm doing work at home. I got bands. I got, you know, a couple little free weights here and there. I need to, I actually need, I'm glad you brought, brought this up because I actually need to get better at it. Um, I'm not <laughs> lifting my weights as much as I should, but um, 
I definitely need to get back to it. But that's pretty much it. Like, just go to the gym for an hour a day and then come home and just pretty much yeah. work and out and, and relax. That's one of the things that I've kind of, because I, I actually was training some some kids and that I've learned even in my neighborhood, there's, you know, a lot of eighth grade and ninth graders that are just trying to find a gym to work out in. And it's mm-hmm. almost impossible. So uh, it's yeah. even just to find a gym, let alone someone that's willing to work out in a setting that you're next to somebody sweating is almost impossible right now. So at least you're getting yeah. some type of workout. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, it's just, it's just difficult. So what have you been hearing from your agent as, as far as what you want to do next? Do you want to, you know, do the G league? You started your career overseas. I know what kind of grind it is. And it, what's, oh, yeah. what's, what's your plans coming up? Um, so I haven't, really decided what I want to do yet. Um, I am prioritizing the G League first because it's at home, mm-hmm. because, you know, I played multiple years in it. Um, I am prioritizing that. Now, I have also received offers overseas that I had to think about. Um, just really good situations, really good teams, stuff like that. But I ended up turning those down as of now. And so I'm kind of waiting on the G League to see what they're going to do. And hoping and praying that they decide to do uh they're talking about doing a bubble for the g league for a few like a couple months i believe yeah. i'm hoping that they're able to find a way to do that and then go from there well hopefully i i am a firm believer especially seeing what's kind of happened to nc state now i think the bubble is really especially for basketball just the way to go yeah. um yeah. and i'm really even just talking with i'm kind of disappointed that they haven't done a bubble because my idea is, why don't you just take the ACC and do a bubble, the SEC do a bubble, all these conferences do a bubble, have a regular season champion, seed it, and then play a tournament. So then you get your tournament champion and then meet up again in another bubble for the NCAA tournament. But yeah. that's, a, that's a whole nother story. That's just my two yeah. cents on it. That actually sounds like a, a great idea. I I'm a little skeptical of what the NBA is doing right now where they're not doing a bubble, but there's no fans and all that kind of stuff. I think it can work. I think at the professional level, it can work because this mm-hmm. is our job. So it's a little different where we're going to be a lot more disciplined than, you know, college kids, first time away from home, you know, or used to being away from home now, but being able to do whatever you want on a college campus. I don't think that, I don't think that works as well, but you know, See, I was playing that, and and that's again a lot of people never really realize this. When you're a pro, if you're not doing something right, they're just gonna find you or they're gonna cut you. In college, you yes. kind of get away with it. And somebody said that the other day. They said, "Hey, wh- what do you think's gonna happen when somebody gets a a phone call from his little honey? Them college kids are gonna go there. Oh, the, they're going. The, the pros might actually yeah. think about it for a second because you know yeah. if they if something happens, it's coming out of their paycheck. Yes, <laughs> yes, we we're we're going to have a tendency to be more disciplined when it comes to, to things like that. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I can I can say that we're going to have a tendency to be more disciplined than than the average college student. Yeah. All right. So let's yeah. let's take us back to our NC State days. We were oh, man, we were we were roommates for three years and no offense man. to Jordan Vandenberg or any of them, but by far my best roommate right here. He's the only one that pretty much yes, cleaned sir. after himself and wasn't a slob in the house. <laughs> So the, oh my God. the only one I enjoyed, just, just talk about, you know, and, and you literally 
I, there ain't many people that are going to bleed Wolfpack as much as you. So just talk about your time at NC State and kind of what it all has meant to you. I, you know, it taught me a lot about myself. I learned how to be a pro while I was in college. Um, when I was coming out of high school, I expected, you know, my college coach to kind of get me to where I wanted to be and didn't realize that I had to do it myself. I didn't, I can't rely on other people. I have to, you know, go after it for myself. So I learned a lot about myself when it comes to my work ethic mm -hmm. and how I have to be more disciplined. I, I do have to discipline myself when, you know, if I get a little out of hand, like maybe I relax too much or maybe I, you know, I don't want to work out today. Like I have to make myself go work out when, um, even when I don't feel like it. And um, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously we were roommates. Mm -hmm. I had, we had a great group of roommates, you know, from me and you to Vandenberg to the, to paint. Enrico, Julius Mays, we could go on there, baby. We could go on and on about that. But, you know, you and I, we, we became really close being roommates. And uh, I really appreciate our relationship. You know, we don't get, we don't talk as much as we used to, but, every time it feels like we haven't missed a beat. Like we, yeah. you know, it's almost like we've talked every day. Um, so obviously I gained a lot of great life friends from being at NC State and everything. And then, you know, obviously my senior year run yeah. sticks out in my mind tremendously, you know, going from, I still, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes when I'm feeling down, I go back and I watch the video of us in the uh, select during the selection show <laughs> and, and how we reacted to finding out we were the team. And it's so funny. Every time I watch it, I'm like, what if they would have said in the 15 from the ACC, the University of Miami, and we're reacting <laughs> like that. <laughs> but instead, they said, I mean, it was, it's just so crazy. Um, it always lifts my spirits and stuff and, and talking to everybody from that year and yeah. that year specifically, you know, it's always been great and reminiscent about all our big run. I mean, beat a beat a very good San Diego State team. Yeah. Beat a what people thought was a national championship contending Georgetown, mm -hmm. and then took the you know NCAA runner up to the last possession of the game. Yeah. Like, you know, it was. It's just it, everything just stays in my mind and. I just loved all my time at NC State and I really enjoyed it so much that, you know, every time I think about it, I just smile. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the things too. I look back on it and I'm like, do you kind of, especially for you, how rewarding it is for three years, you know, we didn't, you didn't have a great team. And then, you know, we finally kind of put it all together. And that's one of the things looking back on it, the first thing I ever said to Mark Godfrey when he got hired, the very first time I met him, I don't know any, I don't, I don't know anything about him. I told him, I said, I just want to tell you, I'm a, I'm a straight shoot you. We have the talent to be an NCAA tournament. We just need to learn how to kind of put our egos aside and play as a team. And that's, that was the fun part about that group. And I, and I keep telling her, I was like, the reason why CJ and Alex are one of the, my favorite teammates of all time is because they always brought their lunch pail to work. And I mean, no matter the situation, okay, maybe you didn't have a good game. Maybe things aren't going your way. You all always brought a positive attitude. And then at the same time, you kept people in check. And that's what, you know, looking back yeah. on it, my senior year, we needed a CJ or we needed <laughs> Alex because yeah. I mean, the, the talent wise, I mean, we had the talent again the following Yo. year. We just, 
y'all were much more talented than we were. <laughs> that your senior year team was much more talented. It's just my senior year, we were disciplined. Like yeah. we and and I credit you guys for that because I felt like you guys were the type that y'all wanted to send me and Alex out the right way. Yeah. So, you know, with you, with CJ, Zoe, Rich, Deshaun, you know, even Tyler Harris, Jaquan Raymond, like everybody on the team, and I'm forgetting some people, but, you know, everybody on the team, you guys dedicated yourselves to making sure that you guys sent me out the right way. And I really appreciate that because, you know, as you know, my career at NC State, three points a game from freshman to junior, and then we get the new coach and transition to, all right, now I'm second in the ACC in minutes. Yeah. Minutes played per game and jumped seven points per game uh, for my senior year. Like it was just, just so much fun and, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I really appreciate all you guys for sending me out the right way. Yeah. So I'm going to give you my, I, so I got a CJ Williams story. It's not a bad one. It's cause I, cause I, I gave it. And I don't know if you ever heard this, and I, and I probably should have sent it to you. So my okay. sister-in-law, Tanner Williford, shout out to Tanner Williford, uh, had me speak at their graduation, Harnett Central High School graduation. And I gave, and I gave a few stories. One of them, um, it was basically just talking about work ethic, trying to get them to take work ethic into the next step of their lives, blah, 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 blah. And the first example I gave was, was Kevin Durant when I was with the, the Warriors. And then my second example was you. And I, and I, and I told him, I said, here's a guy that didn't get a lot of minutes his first couple years. And then just worked his tail off and stayed about as positive as you can stay as a person. Not once have I ever heard him badmouth a coach, a teammate in my life. And this is an honest to God truth. And the guy is now starting for the Clippers and hitting game winners. And if there isn't, if there isn't anybody in the world that deserved it more than you, oh, it, man. it is you. And that is, that, I, the honest to God truth, I'll have my mom, she'll find it somewhere because uh, she I put it on Facebook it. when I was talking, but that's the honest God truth. But what people don't realize is you had every opportunity to go complain to a coach. You had every right to transfer. And this is why he, out of more people, bleed nc state you know wolfpack red more than others because he fought through it for the program and to put the program where it is because his your senior year our team senior year single-handedly put nc state back on the map and started to propel it to you know kind of where it is today for granted we had you know a year where we didn't make the tournament but we're always in the conversation now it, it's mm -hmm. not you know oh they might make the nit it's okay yeah they're, they're either going to be in or they're going to be the first team out. Right. And that's, and that's right. why I, people will never realize this man right here. Uh, I don't know if it's going to end up being on the bottom of the screen or the top of the screen, but this guy right here single-handedly fought through more BS than any guy ever and, and came out with how he is and he's fighting and you're fighting for NBA jobs. I mean, you, you really can't ask for anything and it's all purely because the work ethic that you've put forward and, yeah. and just kind of to piggyback on it, what kind of in your mind triggers you, especially for any like younger guy, triggers you to, you know, bring that work ethic every day, even when 
I'm telling you, it's hard as a player when something's not going your way, you're not getting the ball enough, you're not scoring enough to easily just say, you know what, I'm going to take a couple of days off. What, what is in your mind that makes you every day bring it? Um, for me personally, it's just the fact that for three years, I sat behind people. I watched every time I was in the game. I played as hard as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the result personally that I wanted. And not even for our team. Our team wasn't, you know, doing well either. But to know that I would, I knew if I brought my, my best that day, that specific day, maybe I don't have 100% mm -hmm. on Thursday. Maybe I have 70. But if I give all 70% that I have, then, you know, I'll be better for the next day and then the next day. And you just build from there and you just keep my high school coach had this term uh, about George Washington um, and a cherry tree. And he said he just kept chopping, just keep chopping wood. And I'm and that's what I say. I'm like, I mean, I'm just every day. I'm just chopping wood. That's it. And um, so, you know, and then also it helps that, you know, I had guys like you. I had uh, in my professional career, I had guys like Manny Harris. I had guys like Pierre Jackson. I've had like a lot of talented players around me that make me want to get better because I look at them and I'm like, oh, that guy's better than me. I got to work. If I want to, if I want to get to where I want to go, I got to work so I can get, so I can become better than him or either be a different type of threat and just as good as him at my spot, you know? And I just wanted to keep, I'm very competitive. No, like a lot of people know this about me. If you've been on a team with me, you know how competitive I get. I get competitive beyond all belief. And I even compete with my own teammates in practice where it's like if we're running a sprint and I'm running and I'm not necessarily running that hard, but I see somebody in front of me. Oh, I'm, I'm speeding up as much as I can. I'm going to try to beat that person. Yeah. Every sprint, every, every drill. I want to win every drill. I want my team to win every drill. I want my team to win every game. And it's just the competitive spirit that I have that drives me every day and the day. And I also know the days that I don't want to go to the gym, those are the best days to go because yeah. once I force myself, I have a great workout and I feel so much better about myself the next day. So, you know, all that combined kind of leads to being able to renew my mind for work every day. Even in Madden and Call of Duty, I can remember a couple of times hearing you scream through the walls of college in about losing losing in Madden or something. So I, you know I, I so can crazy. confirm any game he plays, he wants I, to win. I am still like that. I'm still like my sister tells me all the time. But my sister works from home now. She tells me all the time. She had to buy Beats by Dre so that she could have her conference calls because I'd be yelling so loud. I'm still like that at 30 years old. I'm still competing <laughs> in everything that I do. There you go. Oh, All right, God. so let's touch – let's let's kind of get into the professional side of it because – and I haven't talked too much about it. So, mm -hmm. first we'll touch on, you know, that season you had with the Clippers and, you know, the type of things you learned there and, you know, maybe some some stories about, you know, some teammates that may have helped you or just the good times there. I believe – was Casey there yeah. then, Casey Hill? Yeah, Casey was there. Casey was actually the uh, the G League coach. There you go. So Casey was coach my season. it was the D League the year I was there. So I don't know what it is mm -hmm. in the league now. He <laughs> was my, and then he came to you, one of the greatest guys I've ever been around. His dad, did you met his oh, dad, yeah. Bob, another great guy, coached the Pacers for no. a while. Unbelievable coaching family. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think he just went to uh, Casey just went to New Orleans. Yes. So yeah. uh, I mean, he's great. I mean, their family's great. Um, mm-hmm. So shout out to Casey. Um, yep. Yep. Just kind of touch on that, and then um, after we get on that, I want I want to know about this this FIBA run and the gold medal because you're probably the only oh, gold medalist man. I know. So we'll we'll touch on that <laughs> second. Uh, but first, kind of talk about that Clipper and, and you know the hitting the game winner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well. The, ironically, the story about the Clippers starts with that FIBA run. Um, the Clippers saw me during that time when I was with Team USA, um, when we were we were actually had a training camp in Houston. So we started in Houston and then we left for Argentina. Well, when we are playing um, and stuff like that, I'm with Jeff Van Gundy and Jeff tells me, he's like, look, he's like, you're going to be a four man for me. And I'm like, what? Like, I've been a guard since, like, my junior year of high school. Like, I've been a guard all the way through. And then he's like, I need you to play the four because we need some physicality at the four, and your shooting is going to provide space as well. It's going to be great for us. I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, just hustle, rebound, play defense, and you'll get your shots. Like, I'll make sure that you get your shots. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. So go through the, the run. Then I get the call and uh, my agent calls me and he's like, hey, like, you know, the Clippers are interested. And I'm like, oh, well, great. What are they talking about? Training camp? He was like, yeah, they they're want to bring you in for training camp. They got, you know, they got these new two-way deals, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm down to try it. So go there. And first day I'm in LA, I go, I land, I get to the hotel they put me up in. I walk into the gym. And the guys are already there lifting. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows who I am. They're lifting, all that kind of stuff. And I find out they're about to play. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm probably just going to have to sit and watch. They ain't going to pick me up, you know, nothing like that. So they play the first game or whatever. And I see uh, another the other guy that was a two-way at the beginning of the season, uh, Jamil Wilson. He's in the game, and, and he's playing in the pickup game and everything. And so we're they're playing. And so then – uh, game ends and a couple guys are like, all right, I'm done. And other guys are like, oh, I still want to play. Like, and, they, and Patrick Beverly looks at me and he goes, yo, come over here. I'm like, all right. So I walk over to him and he goes, what's your name? I was like, CJ. He's like, all right, bet. You got to guard Lou Will. First time on an NBA court with NBA players and I have to guard Lewis Williams, perennial sixth man of the year every year. And I'm like, all right, like in my mind, I'm like, all right, what's the worst that could happen? So I guard him and I'm playing hard, like everything, boo, boo, boo. Next thing I know, I end up getting a shot in the corner to end the game. Bang, I make it. They're like, you got to make the free throw too. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I go up to the line and I get the ball. And as I get the ball, Pat Bev literally like walks right by me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I make the free throw. And they was like, oh, so you got a little game to you. You, you, can, you can handle this. And I'm like, man, I just walked away. I, I wouldn't even care. I didn't even care. I was like, all right, whatever. And so I went and I played the rest of that day. Well, we get to training camp. And here's a moment where I realized I had a real shot at being in the NBA. We're in Hawaii. We're, uh, we're playing against the Raptors for two games in Hawaii at the University of Hawaii. And I am on the end of the bench. So I'm at the end of the bench and I'm like, man, I'm probably not going to get in today. Like, I don't even know. 
it's like nine seconds left in the first half. And I hear Doc go, CJ, come on, get Lou. I, when I say I sprinted to that scores table, I was like, yes. I, I took all my stuff off and I went in there and I guarded DeMar DeRozan, which I had guarded DeMar when I was in high school. So it, it wasn't no shell shock there or anything. So I guarded him. We go into the half. And then I was like, man, he threw me in during the first half with all the like normal guys. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got a real chance. So then, you know, the next game I played a little bit more. Um, so then we head back and, and everything. And then we were in practice one day. And uh, there were a couple guys that, you know, as you know, they bring guys in for training camp, but strictly to get their G League rights and everything. Yeah. So um, there were a couple guys there that, that were on those exhibit. Well, now it's called an exhibit 10, but at the time it was exhibit, exhibit nine. They were on exhibit nine. And so we're in practice and Lou Will is going and I'm standing next to Lou. And uh, this other guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was, he was a guy that was on exhibit nine. He was like, hey, can I get a rep? And he, Lou goes, yeah, go ahead. And I'm standing next to Lou, and he, he looks at me, and he goes, probably going to be on the G League team anyway. And the fact that he said that to me made me be like, oh, so you think I'm going to be on the roster? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, all right, bet. Like, I didn't, I didn't let, say anything. I just laughed and everything. And then, you know, going through the season, you know, start out, I had to go to the G League camp. Played a few, played a few games with the G League team because um, I got the two-way deal. So I was on the two-way deal, mm-hmm. and um, then, you know, next thing I know, I'm. This is how crazy it is on a two-way deal. Well, how it was on a two-way deal until they changed the rule. Um, I'm in Reno, playing the Reno Bighorns. Finish the game. I get a call. CJ, you got a six o'clock flight to go to Atlanta. I'm like, whoo, okay. Fly to Atlanta. No, no, I'm sorry. Flew to New Orleans. It was New Orleans. Flew to New Orleans. We in New Orleans. They're like, all right, game, game's over. I don't even play. Like, I dress, but I don't play. So then they're like, all right, you got to fly 6 o'clock in the morning back to the West Coast. I fly back. I land. I, <laughs> I'm on my way to the gym because I we had practice the G League team had practice they called me they're like ah we need you in OKC fly from there to OKC so I get to OKC and play six seconds my first NBA minute was six seconds at the end of a half to guard Paul George after he already had 25 in the first half <laughs> I come in the game I made a mistake right away like I Tried to jump it a little bit. I was a little aggressive, jumped it. Yeah. He got it. My teammate helped. They threw it to Alex Abrinas. Alex Abrinas missed the shot, but um, I was like, whoo, thank God he missed the shot. So I walk back into the locker room. Doc talks. I'm on my way back out. I'm walking with DeAndre Jordan, and me and DJ just laughing, like, like how we always were. We laughing and joking. And <laughs> Doc goes, CJ. And we both turn around because he said it so fast. We didn't know if it was CJ or DJ. So we both turn around and we look. And he was like, I'm talking to Steve Will. I was like, all right. So he was like, look, bro. Like, this is how Doc talks, by the way. He's like, bro, I might need you to go in there and stop Paul George, bro. (laughs) Just be ready. I'm like, wait, 
he's taken 15 shots and has 25 right now. But you get to stop him. But I got to stop him if I want to keep my job. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. So the whole half, I'm like staying stretched out, everything. Never calls my number. I'm like, cool. They're like, all right, you got to go back to the G League team. So I fly back for like two days. I'm there two days. They call me again. Hey, we need you in, uh, where was it? Charlotte, I believe. Yes, it was Charlotte. Hey, we need you in Charlotte. Fly out, 6 o'clock in the morning. Fly to Charlotte. Game, I get my first NBA bucket. Lou Will kind of mid-posted. I was cutting. I got a reverse layup. First bucket in my home state. In, in, a, in an arena I had been in plenty of times. And what's crazy, I didn't even react. Like, I made the layup, and I was just like, all right. And I'm back down the court. It didn't, like, <laughs> I didn't, I thought I would cry. I thought I would, like, have some emotion. I didn't, I had literally no emotion. I was just like, oh, I made a layup. Good. Get back on defense. Um, <laughs> so after that game, they tell me, all right, you're going to stay, and you're going to fly with the G League team. Well, 4.30 in the morning, I'm on my way to the airport to go back to California. They're like, ah, need you in New York. All right, fly to New York. I'm there. They tell that we played a game. I played a little bit. They tell me, all right, cool. You're going to go back with the G League team again. I'm like, all right. At this point, I'm like, I'm waiting for this call to go back to, to wherever we're going. And I looked at the schedule. It said Atlanta. I am at the airport. They called me and said, hey, change the flight. You're going to Atlanta. I fly to Atlanta. I get to the arena. Like, I don't even get there in time to, like, get to the hotel. I literally have all my bags with me at the arena. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, it's before the game. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm zoned out, like, everything. So I'm just like, all right, whatever I got to do to get through this game. Like, I, if I get called, I got to just do what I got to do. I got to play. Doc comes over to me. He says, CJ, how are you feeling? I'm like, Doc, I, I wanted to say something different, but it just came out before I could even say, I said, Doc, I'm a zombie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Doc, I'm tired. I'm a zombie right now. And he goes, well, hate to say it, but you're playing a lot tonight. I instantly went, there was a coffee machine in the in the locker room. I went straight to that coffee machine and I was going. I had two cups of coffee before the game. I come in, I ended up scoring four points, um, played very well. And then they were like, all right, instead of having you go back with the G League team, we know how hectic this schedule has been. You get the rest. We're going to keep you here. Your family lives in Warner Robins. You can go home. You can be be with your family for Thanksgiving or you can stay here and bring them up here, whatever, like however you want to do it. So my parents, obviously, they knew I was in Atlanta. So they flew. They had driven up and they mm -hmm. were in Atlanta. So we all stayed together for Thanksgiving. Um, so I leave and I go back to the G League team. Then we get hit with injuries. And when we get hit with injuries, I come back and it's like, you know, I don't know what my role is going to be. I don't know if like I'm going to be at the end of the bench or what. But I had been playing well with the G League team at the time. So when I'm playing well, they're they're telling me, like, hey, like, you know, keep improving day by day. So I'm like, cool. So when I get with the NBA team, I'm expecting to be a cheerleader, like, at the end of the bench, like I had been all season. Mm -hmm. We go to Houston. We're in Houston. And it's shoot around. And he said, all right, the first team, 
Jawan, CJ Williams, Bob. I said, wait, what? We get on the court. Here's the kicker. All right, matchups. Uh, CJ, you got James Harden. I said, oh, my goodness. I have to guard the leading scorer in the NBA in my in one of my first starts. Oh, because I forgot. I started, I started at Minnesota before that. But then I can't. And then we are in Houston, and I was guarding James Harden. So I'm like, man, gosh, what do I do? Like, And then they tell me, CJ, we're going to leave you on an island with him because we're going to just shut down everybody else. He's, he's going to score. Doc tells me he's going to score 50, but we're going to just let everybody else like not be able to score and see how it goes. Ironically, we do that. He has 50. Um, Jawan Evans in casually, he has 50. Yeah, he had 50. I, I can't lie. It, it was, he's one of the hardest people I've ever guarded in my life. Um, but yeah, he has 50, but Jawan Evans guards him at the end of the game and we get a couple stops and we end up winning the game. So, you know, I'm all happy and stuff. And then they're like, all right, well, you might have to go back with the G League team. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, it's cool. It's part of the, the plan. Nope. I end up staying with the team the rest of the way for the most part. Um, I, so it's like, this is like in, at the end of November, in the beginning of December. And I just started playing and I just started playing. And the more I played, the more I got confidence and everything. And then we played against the Atlanta Hawks and you know I go into the game I at this point I had a rhythm in the game like yeah. I knew Lou Will was the number one option I knew that I was molding myself to be just aggressive and it was it almost turned out to be that I was the second option at the time so I was you know like I was feeling good and everything so going through the game I had a great first quarter Second and third, I don't score, but I'm playing great defense. Mm -hmm. In comes the fourth quarter. Now, here's another part that gave me confidence. Uh, during the second, no, during the third quarter of that game, I had shot fake, and I went into the lane, and I got there, and I shot a floater, and I missed. Well, Sam Cassell goes, CJ, man, stop shooting that. Stop shooting that. Shoot the pull-up. That's what you do, blah, blah, blah. And I hear him, and I'm, like, walking to the sideline. I'm like, all right, I hear you, Sam. I hear you. So I get to the bench. Doc talks. I come out the huddle. Doc goes, bro, come here. I walk over to him. He said, and this is exactly what he said, because I remember verbatim. He goes, bro, bro, listen, bro, bro. If you want to shoot that, shoot it. You can play. You're here. You're starting. You're one of our guys right now. Shoot it. Just make sure you get back on defense. That's all I care about. <laughs> Instantly, confidence goes all the way. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. So we get towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter and, you know, there was a couple plays. I had like gotten a little driving layup, shot the floater, made it. Um, that tied the game up. Well, last play of the game, we draw it up and it's to get Lou to his left hand because that's his preferred hand. Well, Lou gets the shot and he shoots it and it hits the back of the room and it bounces really high up. I was in the corner. And I shoot through the elbow because that's what they had taught us from the corner. So I shoot through the elbow and Wesley Johnson gets the rebound. Natural instinct of mine, Wes has it. I look around, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I'm open. So I said, Wes, and I get it. And in the play, if you watch the play, 
I have like I immediately react to having the ball, but in my head, I'm like, oh crap, I have the ball. <laughs> and so the first thing I do, I was like, I gotta shoot this. So boom, and I go into my move. And when I went, I went between the legs, Torian Prince like reaches and he kind of hits me. And I'm like, oh, I can't get to the basket. So I step back. At the same time, Lou's like literally asking for the ball. And I'm like, ah. And so I shoot it. And when I shoot it, I'm like, that's good. Like, you know, you know those shots. When you release it, it's like, you know it's good. So I'm like, that's good. I'm like, how do I react? Because I know it's going in. (laughs) And it goes in and I just turn around and I didn't, I did the first thing that came to mind and I was just like. (laughs) And I just walked down the court. And then we get a defensive stop and everything. And, you know, I was like, I'm in, in my head. It's like, you just hit a game winner in the NBA. I'm keeping myself together. You know, I like to, I like to stay yeah. calm, but <laughs> the inside of me is so excited and I'm so happy. I like, I, at that point, I couldn't hold it in. I was just smiling the rest of the day, like the rest of the night, like when I went to dinner, you know, everything, like I was just smiling and, it was a great experience and you know that whole season just kind of propelled me to where I am now where I have an expectation of myself to be better than yeah. what I was even that season so yeah man I, I really enjoyed that year so much so your your NBA experience was better than mine so when Kevin Durant came down the court and I was on the my very first possession Kevin Durant comes down the court pulls up from three in my hands like it is belly button and he made yeah. it and he makes it, and I get I get back to the hotel after that, and I call my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm going to get cut really quickly because they keep putting me on Kevin Durant. <laughs> so your, your experience is a whole lot better than mine was. I, after the first possession, I said, hey, I'm about to be cut. I'm gone. Oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but no, dude, I remember I remember my dad calling me because I don't know where. I was somewhere, and I looked at my phone, and he's like, CJ just hit a game winner. And I'm like, what? You said CJ? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, dude. He said he just had a great game. He's like, hit the game winner at the end. I'm like, okay. Because I remember, because you mentioned the James Harden one, and then uh, my dad also said, hey, uh, CJ just gave up 50 to Harden. (laughs) (laughs) So you can can take that one up with him. Because you know how my dad is. He's all defensive mind. He could care less. As long as you win the game and play defense, the first thing he says, he says, CJ gave up 50 tonight. (laughs) I said, hey. Listen, there, there's a lot of people that gave up 60 to him. So, I mean, right. that, that 50 actually sounds like a good night. But. I mean, the, the defense that we were playing, when, when it was the pick and roll, DeAndre Jordan was at the rim. So, I had to guard him all the way from the three-point line to the rim. Like, and I had no help. If he went all the way to the rim, then it's cool. I peeled back and, and boxed out the big. But he wasn't doing that. He was coming off and stepping back, you know. It's shooting I couldn't do anything with it so. see people don't a lot of people don't even realize the scouting that goes into it and oh, like, the coaches literally tell you hey listen you play the best defense you can play but we understand he's probably gonna have 40 but we're gonna yes. try and shut down everybody else and then everybody yes. sees oh he gave up 40 yeah that's, that's literally what they that, told me to do that's what they want us to do <laughs> yeah, no that's man. great but um I'm really glad you came on, man. I, I'm telling you, it was, it was good to see your face. You got to see my, my little girl before this. So yeah, I know I need yeah, to definitely. I need to get in touch with your dad. So CJ, oh, yeah. CJ's dad, um, I'm trying to think what Coach Lowe or maybe Coach Godfrey, one of them called him, they called him like the the, the Wolfpack ghost or something. That, that was uh, that was Coach Lowe. That was Coach Lowe <laughs> that called him that. It, 
CJ's dad would just, we'd, we'd be playing in Stanford, just out in California. And, and all of a sudden, you know, five minutes before the game, all of a sudden CJ's dad comes, comes out. Oh, and, and the, the guy just comes out of nowhere and shows up to every game. I mean, every game. The guy is a world-class traveler, so. I don't even know if you know this. We played Central around Christmas time my junior year. You know my dad walked to the well at the time now it's PNC arena but because it was snowing arena from college in because it was snowing is this when there was ice snowing yes I make to this day I make fun of them because I'm like dude I had a two-wheel drive car that could make it up college in's little hill (laughs) and he walked to get to the game because there was snow on the ground I'm like that's the difference. I'm like, dude, he's he a Philadelphia guy. I'm like, dude, you. And that's what I didn't understand. Like, how do you not know how to drive? In that? But you know, hey, he made it to the game. I was happy to see him. That's it. That's all I can say. Oh no, it's great times, man. I I appreciate you again having you on. I'm sure we're gonna have you back on here because I mean, we only touched the tip of the iceberg of of the stories yeah. we got. So. Oh um, yeah. We appreciate you. We, we're looking forward to seeing where you end up for the for the next season. Hopefully, this this virus slowly dies down so we can get back yeah. to a normal basketball season. But um, for everybody out there, subscribe, like, follow CJ we, on on his do. Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I mean, we're having fun doing this. I mean, it. it I never really thought of it like this, but it, I mean, it also gets me back in touch with guys that you know I don't get to talk to as much. So. Um, All right. The podcast is doing great things for me, getting to talk to you and, and everybody else. So uh, I guess we'll we'll talk to everybody. I think NC State scheduled a game against St. Louis or somebody. St. Maybe. Louis. I think it's a two-game series. Yeah, I think they're going to play Thursday and come back in and, and play again. So hopefully yeah. they get back playing um, and, yeah. and playing well because I know they got the ACC schedule coming up. So mm-hmm. Wolfpack Nation, good night to everybody. Thank you, CJ, for having us on. And uh, we'll be Thank in you. touch later. All right. Later.